Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. Wanted to go over the Bank of Japan's balance sheet. Everyone is talking about yield curve control from the Bank of Japan and that they're setting a maximum interest rate. So let's say 50 basis points and they will not allow their 10-year bond to exceed those 50 basis points. And in an effort to do so, they just buy as many as they need to, and this creates more currency units. Now, depends on who they're buying from, right? If they're buying from a, uh, a non-bank entity or a banking entity, different there. But we don't really have to go into the weeds that deep to understand the concept. And this is the fact that if they own 50%, they, the Bank of Japan, owns 50% of the JGBs or the Japanese government debt, why not do a jet debt jubilee? And if you can do a debt jubilee, then we get a free lunch. That's free money. So why would governments not just deficit spend like a drunken sailor? And as long as the central bank is buying all of the debt, and as long as you don't get inflation like Japan, then we found the secret money tree. We found the goose that lays the golden egg. We found a way to increase wealth without increasing productivity. We can just sit back, relax. We never have to work a day in our lives. All we have to do is just allow the government to spend money, take care of us. We'll all be rich, fat, and happy. And then if the government wants to sell some bonds, or they can't sell some bonds to the open market, drives up the interest rate, no problem. BOJ comes in, buys the bonds, do a quick old debt jubilee. Boom, we're off to the races again. And we hear a lot about the BOJ injecting liquidity into the system, doing the yield curve control. And we also hear on how the United States in the future may have to do the exact same thing. And then all the MMTers come out with that debt jubilee type of example that we just went over. So let's go over the Bank of Japan's balance sheet. Really shocking when you look at this chart and see not just the amount of uh, government liabilities, lose nominal terms. So the deficit just increase or the amount of government debt just keeps going up and 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 up here. And as it's going up and up and up, the BOJ is buying more and more and more of these bonds as far as a total percentage. I would also encourage you to throw up a chart of their CPI and you'll see no relationship or no correlation whatsoever. That's a completely separate video. But when we look at this chart, these gray bars, we can see that the Bank of Japan owns over, over 50% of the total of the total government debt. Right now, the U.S. government debt is, what, 30, 31 trillion? That would be like the Federal Reserve owning $15 trillion <laughs> worth of government debt. So I don't, I don't want to get way off topic, but for those people that, that freak out about the interest rate the government has to pay on their debt, I totally agree. That's a problem. Absolutely. But is it a problem because the government or the Fed want to monetize the debt? Maybe, but maybe not. Look at Japan. So why is it a problem, George? Is it just kind of a coin toss? No, absolutely not. So what people don't understand about government deficits, the problem isn't that, oh my gosh, one day we're going to have to 
decrease the deficit or, oh my gosh, one day the American people or our children or their grandchildren are going to have to pay back this debt and then it's going to be a problem. I think that's the wrong way to look at it because let's just assume for a moment, going back to Japan, that the BOJ woke up one morning and just said, oh man, we've got all these bonds, all this Japanese government debt on our balance sheet, assets, yeah, but just a liability of the Japanese government. So there are really only two balance sheets involved. So if we just hit the delete button on all of these Japanese government bonds, who's going to know the difference? As a central bank, we can have negative equity, or we could just say that there's a deferred asset. That's what the Federal Reserve would do. And then all of a sudden, the Japanese government debt to GDP goes from, let's say, 225%, boom, all the way down to 100 or 50 or whatever, you know, pick a number. And then you're off to the races again. Now, all of a sudden, the debt to GDP in Japan is at a manageable level. Let's just say 50%, just for the sake of example. And you're in, in the green zone. Now, we're off to the races. This is the argument. Hey, guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks, and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. What's interesting is this argument is, is very similar to the argument that the U.S. federal government will have a problem with interest rate payments, or they could have a problem with interest rate payments. Because what you're assuming is that the damage or the fiddler will have to be paid in the future. But I think that's an inaccurate assumption because the damage, the price to be paid by society and the economy doesn't happen in the future. It happens in the present. And this is what I just, I don't think a lot of people have given much thought to. So let's just assume they did a debt jubilee in Japan. Okay, fine. The, the, the problem, I don't think the whole thing would implode. I don't think anyone would even know. The problem is the government spending to get the debt to those levels in the first place. Because when the government spends, for the most part, it's distorting the economy. And those economic distortions create a very inefficient economic environment. And the price for that lack of economic efficiency is paid by society, disproportionately the poor and middle class. So the price that would have to be paid for a debt jubilee will not be paid when you do the debt jubilee. It's paid for by all of the economic malaise created by the government spending to begin with, you see. So my point there is in the future, will the United States have a problem with the interest payments on the debt? 
maybe, um, maybe not. It depends on how much demand there is for treasuries. That depends on the euro dollar market and a lot of things outside of the United States. But that doesn't matter. Let's just say that we can go another 20 years and the debt interest is not a problem for whatever reason. Does that mean that we're out of the woods? Absolutely not. Because just like Japan, the problem is the government spending to begin with. <laughs> and just because the government debt isn't a problem as far as servicing the debt, it is a problem from the standpoint of the economic distortions it creates in the first place. The best example I can give you guys is one we talk about on this channel all the time, where you got the heroin addict and you give a heroin addict a $100,000 credit card. What does he do? He goes out and buys more and more and more and more heroin. Well, the more heroin he injects into his veins, the less healthy he becomes. He's destroying his body. He's destroying his mind. So let's say he maxes out that credit card buying more and more heroin, destroying himself. And then you come in and you give him a debt jubilee. Or in the case of the United States, he's able to somehow service the higher interest rate on his debt payment that allows him to spend more and more money on the credit card. Has he avoided the problem? Has he kicked the can down the road? Well, sure, as far as his credit card payment, but that's the least of his problems. His main problem is that he's a heroin addict. <laughs> and that all that spending on the credit card destroyed his body and destroyed his mind. He's already paid the price. And if you give him another $100,000 credit card, or if he's able to kick the can down the road, as far as the interest payments, the only thing that will do for him is get him closer and closer to his inevitable death. And this is the way I think people should look at the debt to GDP, a, a, a potentially a debt jubilee. And if the government is able to service their debt payments moving forward. You know, oh my gosh, interest rates are going to go up so high and the government's going to have to roll over so much debt. They're not going to be able to afford the payments. The deficit's going to skyrocket. What are we going to do? It's going to be a collapse. It's going to be a catastrophe. Maybe, but that's missing the point. The catastrophe is not having to pay back the debt or the interest rate going too high. The catastrophe is the government spending that creates the debt in the first place. I think you guys get it. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.